start this recording officially. Okay, so I have some ideas about some things we're going to do. Uh, I have an idea for next week, so I'm not going to spoil it because it's not ready fully yet. But I was thinking about this today, how to try to like engage you guys in this this endeavor because this is, uh, I guess this is like the fifth time that I've taught on discipline and I feel like I was pushing you guys last week and I was hoping that would result in some form of discipline in you, but it mostly didn't. So I have a different tactic I'm going to try next week. Um, cause I was hoping to discuss, this is what I would like to do. No, no, yeah, that, no, it's, but does that sound scary? I don't feel like I could be scary. So it wasn't meant to be scary or like a threat. It was just, I have this, I have an idea that I'm going to try for myself that I think would be kind of fun to do together. It's not a bad thing. It's just maybe it would help you. So, okay. So I was doing this, I was trying to research just stuff about discipline and how to, not necessarily how to be more disciplined. I mean, discipline, like, you can only really, like, discipline yourself, right? You can only, I mean, I can't make you do something. Your parents can't make you do something. Nobody can really make you do anything. So discipline, it's called self-discipline because you have to impose it on yourself. No one else can make you do it. So ultimately, I can't make you do anything. I can't make my, I can make myself do something, but that's it. And, uh, so I was just looking, like, trying to, like, look up ways that, like, practical ways to help just have more discipline in general or to fight the urge to not do something and, uh, or yeah. Yeah, because we don't want to do things that require discipline. Like we don't want to sit down and read or study or pray or do our homework or like those are not things generally speaking that we like to do or that we, uh, look for ways to find time. Like, we find time to do the things that are enjoyable to us. And so, obviously, making, reading the Bible and making prayer enjoyable to us would be a good way to make that be something that we want to do. Um, so I was just looking up, like, ideas about how to be more disciplined. And um, I came across this thing that I've never heard of before. Uh, it's called present bias. Has anybody ever heard of present bias? Let me read you the, let me read you a definition. Huh? Yeah, I'm biased towards presence. No, that's not what it means. Oh, well, I mean, it kind of is that, but. Alright, so. Present bias is the inclination to prefer a smaller present reward to a larger later reward. But reversing this preference when both rewards are equally delayed. Such behavior violates... Okay. Present bias is the inclination to prefer a smaller present reward to a larger later reward. So an example is, I, I can give you $10 right now, or I can give you $15 next week. Like, which one do you want? And in general, people will choose the $10 now versus the $15 later because it's they get it now and there's something in us that wants the thing that we want now versus having to wait for it. And so not just with monetary things, but like, for example, I, I would like to lose some weight. Okay, I would like to lose weight 
that requires me to sacrifice now for a long-term benefit, right? So I don't want to sacrifice now and the things that I eat and the working out that I'm supposed to be doing and all that in order to lose the weight. But in the long term, that's going to help me be more healthy and right, live longer and all those things. So that's a do something now longer. The, the reward is better longer term if I lose the weight now. So present bias uh, so yes, like I think so. Yes. Yeah. So it's this. Uh, there's a lot of information about it. I just, uh, I just found out about it. I just heard that term for the first time earlier today, um, and I'd never heard it before. But it's yeah. It's basically yeah, like that. It's the opposite of delayed gratification. Because so that plays into discipline because everything that we want to like so. Uh, I want to retire someday, right? So I have to put money aside in an investment. So I can't spend that money now. So I put it in an investment so that whenever I'm older and I'm ready to retire or able to retire, there's money there that I can live on so I don't have to work every single day for the rest of my life, right? Or I want to, me and Brenda are working towards building a house. Okay, so that's going to require working extra for both of us. It's going to require not spending as much money on things now so we can save up some money for later. So that's a those are disciplines that like we are actively implementing in our lives right now, uh, not even related to the Word of God, just in general. Like those are things that we're trying to yeah, delay our gratification. We're trying to choose the bigger reward later on by sacrificing the reward today. So there, you could do this in all... I mean. When you procrastinate doing your homework, it's the same thing. You could take, if a homework assignment is going to take you three hours, you could take one hour tonight, one hour tonight, or tomorrow night, and one hour the next night, and turn it in on Monday, right? Or you could wait till the night before it's due and work three hours on it that night, or whatever. Okay, it's the same kind of thing. It's it's doing, it's, it's like giving up the reward now for a longer term reward. So the, it's the same thing, the reason I wanted you guys to kind of do that exercise on faith or the ways that well let's just let's just discuss it how is faith connected with discipline what are some ideas some of you guys thought about it some of you didn't but just think about it now how is faith connected to discipline and what way does your faith impact whether or not you have discipline Anything, Claire? Nothing? Allie? Nothing? Nobody has anything to say about this? You're going to have to talk louder. I'm sorry. It's similar to discipline because you have to pull away from the world or the sin so you can follow your faith. Okay, yes, so, yes, to be, yeah, to follow the Lord in faith, you have to discipline yourself to separate yourself from the world. Is that basically what you're saying? Yes, okay. I like that. Anybody else? Fellas? Shane? Lucas? Nothing? 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 Man, this is, this is rough, you guys. Okay, so, think about it. One of, there's a lot of different ways it, co it correlates. There's not like really a wrong answer. Uh, it's really just, okay, one of the things I thought of was if I'm going to 
like let's say that I let's let's use the investing for retirement example. Okay, if I'm going to put away, let's say I put away $500 a month for the rest of my life into an investment account, that's $500 that I can't spend this month, right? That's a sacrifice to give up 500 bucks a month. That's a pretty big investment, right? That's a big me giving up something. That's a lot of hours of my time at my job uh, that I'm just taking that money and I'm throwing it somewhere and I'm putting my faith in whatever thing I put that money in that my sacrifice today is going to be worth something later on, right? Let's say I put that $500 a month into uh, like an investment account, like a stock market account, okay? I'm putting my faith in the stock market that the history of the last 100 years shows me that the stock market goes up incrementally year over year. So it, sh it tells me that if I put that money in the stock market, 50 years from now when I'm ready to use it or 30 years from now or whatever, it should be worth a lot more than today when I put it in because it grows so much per year on average. Right? So I'm putting my faith in that investment. Let's say I put that $500 a month into Bitcoin. Okay, If I would have put $500 a month into Bitcoin 10 years ago or 7 years ago, that would be worth like a lot when it exploded and was super uh, valuable. Right? But now it's kind of the value of it has settled down. I don't even know where Bitcoin is at today as far as what it's worth. But that's like a lot riskier investment, right? It wasn't a proven thing. It wasn't something that people knew a lot about. It was brand new. So if I'm putting all my money into something that's brand new and I don't know, there's no track record, there's no evidence that it's going to do well, I could make a lot of money on that. It could be a really good investment for me if it works out the way that I think it's going to work out. But it could also work out really badly, right? I mean, it could totally flop and no one could use it and it could be a, a total scam and I could lose all of the money that I put in it, right? So my, my faith in the thing I'm investing in, uh, my, like the amount of faith I have in it is going to determine how invested I am in that, like how disciplined I want to be, okay? So uh, I told you guys that I would like to lose some weight. So I've, I've been trying to lose some weight. And if you go like two or three weeks and I'm trying to do all the right things and I'm exercising and I'm trying to eat differently and I see no progress, let's say I see zero progress, let's say I gain weight and I've been working like for three weeks of eating differently and exercising, what do you think I'm going to do after three weeks and, I still, and, I'm, and I'm higher than I was? I'm probably going to like stop doing that, right? I'm going to either quit altogether, I'm going to go back to what I was doing before, I'm going to change something again, like, oh, this isn't working. Because, like, my faith in the outcome of what is, what's going to happen down the road is getting less and less and less, right? But let's say over that three weeks, let's say I lose 20 pounds in three weeks. Okay, well, now I have more faith in what I'm doing, right? Now it makes me want to try even harder to do the thing that I'm trying to do because what I've been doing the last three weeks, man, it worked amazingly. Now I want to I want to cut even more. I want to work out even more so I can see that same kind of um, outcome produced again. Does that make sense? You can I mean in any area of your life. It doesn't I mean whatever the thing is, whatever you're like trying to be more disciplined in. Like let's say I want to be more disciplined in my prayer life. I really want to pray more. I'm just going to make myself pray for 30 minutes every day. I'm just going to commit to that. Well, you can commit to that. 
And you can say, okay, for 30 minutes a day, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to pray. And I'm going to do it every single day. And I'm not going to miss any days for a month. And I'm just going to see what happens. Well, if you're a month into it and you've been praying for things and God hasn't answered any of your prayers, like crickets on the other end from God, you don't feel like you're any closer to him. You don't feel like in your reading that he's been showing you anything. You've been praying for certain people and these people have ghosted you. You don't even see them anymore. You've been praying for, you know, souls to be one in, you know, for, with the Ongs and they, they send a report that says, man, everything sucks in Vietnam. It's not going well. Okay. If that's what, if that, if that's what's happening and you said, I'm going to dedicate a month of my life, 30 minutes a day and I'm going to pray. And, and you do it and you're disciplined and you force yourself to do that and let it become kind of a habit and the result is terrible and nothing works, okay, well, you're probably going to stop doing that, right? I mean, who would want to continue doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, right? That's the definition of insanity, right? Is doing the same thing over and over again. So, but if you did that for, if you did 30 minutes a day and you're praying for like a friend of yours, you're praying for, uh, you know, somebody you know that's having a baby, you're praying for this, you're praying for missionaries, you're praying for whatever. You got 30 minutes a day and you're dedicating it to prayer and you're actually doing it. And after like three days, you know, this friend you've been praying for texts you and gives you some update on what's happening in their life. And it's great. And you're like, holy cow, I'm three days in. I committed to do this for a month. I've been doing it for three days. And God answered my prayer already. This person is already telling me that things are going well in their life. And, and you know in your heart, even if they don't know, I've been praying for that and it, and it actually worked. Okay, well, that might make you want to pray more, right? Oh, my, my faith in this disciplined act that I'm doing is strengthened now because things have gone... What I was hoping for when I started praying was that God would answer my prayers. And lo and behold, God answered my prayers... And now I wonder what else I could pray for. I wonder who else I could pray for. I wonder how much more of my time I could spend in prayer for this other person that's struggling that I know. Or I wonder how much more time I could spend uh, in prayer for this thing or that thing or for whatever. The more, like, the more, um, like, the more, reward, not reward's not the right word, but the, the more, like, benefit that you see from what you're doing, the more it, 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 you have a desire to push towards that outcome, right? That's, that's, the main correlation that I thought of when, when it comes to how does faith enter into discipline? Well, if you have faith that the disciplined, that the, the, the act that you're doing to become more disciplined, if you have faith that it's actually going to result in something beneficial down the road, then it's going to give you a lot more desire to do that thing. So if we put it in a spiritual context, what, what does the Bible say will happen uh, if we serve the Lord with our life? Like, what eternally, what is going to happen? What do we get when we get to heaven? I mean, if you're saved, you're going to heaven. You can't pray more or read more or serve more to get into heaven more than you already are. Once you're saved, you're going to heaven, right? That part's sealed. There's nothing else to it, okay? But there are rewards that we get when we get to heaven, right? One day, if you're saved, you're going to stand before Jesus and he's not going to judge you for your works because you're, or he's not going to judge you for your sin because your sin is covered in his blood, right? So it's not going to be like, hey, remember that one time that you did this thing? Okay, no, that's not, that, that, that all, all of our sin is covered under his blood. But what we are going to have to answer to Jesus Christ face to face with is, hey, you got saved when you were 10 years old. You lived until you were 50. Okay, you had 40 years to serve me. What did you do with your 40 years? Well, what are you gonna What are you gonna say? Like, 
if you look at it from that perspective, if you can really wrap your mind around it, and I'm not sure any of us really can wrap our mind completely around what that's going to be like, but none of us wants to stand. I mean, like, have you guys ever, have your parents ever, like, gotten home from somewhere and they're like, hey, you know, what did you do all day? And you have to kind of have that, like, ashamed, I didn't do anything today. You told me to do this and this and this, and I didn't do any of those things. And you just feel like that, your heart kind of stinks, or you hear them, like they text you or they call you and tell you that they're on their way home, and then you like run around the house and you try and get the dishes done, and you gotta clean up your room, you gotta let the dog out, and you gotta clean up the mess, and all that, like, you know you like scramble around really fast to get everything done, because you have this like sinking feeling in your heart, like, like you're convicted, like you know what you were supposed to do, and you know what you actually did, and you know how far apart those two things are, and you know that, okay, I have a few more minutes before they get home, let me see how much of it I can get done, that way, when they get home, it looks like I did all the things that they wanted me to, and I've been doing it this whole time, and it took me all this time, when in reality, it just took you five minutes, and, you know, you just, you did a little bit of what they asked you to do. Uh, I think all of us have done that, but that, that's not the way that I, 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 no one likes that feeling, right? That, like, sinking in your heart feeling that you get when you know that you didn't do something you were supposed to. That's the same thing, like, when we stand before Jesus, if you have faith that, one day you're going to stand before the Lord, which it tells us in the Bible that that's what's going to happen. If if I truly believe that that's what's going to happen, I'm going to stand face to face with Jesus, and He's going to say, "Luke, you got saved whenever you were 12 years old or 13 years old, uh, and now I'm 38 years old. Okay, I've had 25 years. What have I done with 25 years of of being saved? If I was to die tomorrow, well, I'm going to have to answer for that. Well, listen, God, I did. I didn't do everything that I was supposed to. I know that, but here's some things I know I did." Right, and I could list off some things, right? And it's not about like trying to impress God, but it's about, I mean, we owe Him everything, right? We sh- we should desire to give Him everything. Now I know in our like, I I don't always want to serve the Lord. I don't always want to get up here and teach. I don't always want to read my Bible. The last couple of weeks since I've been teaching on discipline, I have for some reason not wanted to read my Bible like most days. I have to really force myself. I've been having to stand at my kitchen counter because I'm trying to, I'm falling asleep if I sit down. For some reason, it's been very difficult to read my Bible. I mean, I've been doing it, but like, I just kind of feel like, uh, I just want to lay in bed and watch, you know, something on my phone or I want to do something different besides read, even though I know that like, I've been reading. I mean, I've been reading for years. I don't know why it's been more difficult recently, but, uh, you know, like, we, I don't, so what I'm saying is I don't always desire to do the things that I'm supposed to do. I'm not saying that like I'm so great at this and how come you guys are so bad at this? That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying I am also bad at this, but if we have our, if we put our faith in, the Bible says to set our affection on things above, right? Not on things of the earth. If, if I could really honestly like somehow just miraculously be able to see and picture myself standing in front of Jesus, and giving him an answer of the things that I did after I was saved, and you know, to like have to stand before Jesus and say, I spent two weeks of my life playing video games. I spent however many months of my life sleeping, ex- you know, sleeping extra, more than I needed. I spent so much time doing this or that, like these unimportant things that we find a lot of importance in now. You know, like, God forbid he looks at my phone time, right? Oh, I spent seven hours a day on my phone. Well, that's not very good, you know? Like, some weeks it's like that. Uh, so those are not things that I want to, like, I don't want to give an answer. I know I'm going to give an answer for those things. Uh, but the more I can put my faith in, okay, that's actually going to happen. So maybe I should do some things now 
that make that like interaction with the Lord a little bit better? What if you could stand before God and say, listen, I know for like the first five years after I was saved, I didn't do anything. I didn't get it. I wasn't, I wasn't into any of this. I have, I have no excuse. I wasted that time. But you know what? After those first five years where I just wasted all my time being saved, after that, God, here's what I did. I told this friend about Jesus. And they're right over there. They're saved. They got saved because I told them about Jesus. Then I got this, and I did this. And I went on this trip, and all these people got saved. And I was part of this Bible study at my school. I started a prayer group at my school. And, you know, someone started coming to my church because of that. Or, like, whatever. Like, what if you could stand before God and say, these are all the things I did do. And you, like, feel some, you know... Like, you feel good about that. Like, man, I actually did some things. God, I know I didn't do everything perfect, but here's some things that I have to show for what I did because I had a little bit of discipline in my life because I recognized that the eternal reward of, you know, millions and millions and millions of years in heaven, the rewards that we're going to have there that last forever are, like, so much bigger than the rewards that we get here on earth, right? I mean, we will spend, my kids will spend hours and hours of their life trying to achieve something on a particular video game, right? Or to unlock something on a game or to get to a certain level. Or uh, I will spend hours and hours of my life watching the Chiefs play football that ultimately means nothing, right? I mean, who cares? I, I mean, I do care, but uh, in the scope of eternity, it doesn't matter at all, okay? But I, I mean, it's something I enjoy, so I'd, I still do that thing, but we spend so much of our life on things that mean nothing. Patrick Mahomes has no idea who I am, Right? He doesn't care. Uh, it doesn't matter how much I know about him or how much I like watching him play football. That doesn't matter in eternity. Okay. So all these things about about discipline. If if you're if you put your faith in, like recognizing that there's going to be a day that you have to answer for the things that you did. If you really trust that that's the truth, then it would make sense that we would sacrifice now to get that end result, right? I mean, there's no better investment. If I put 500 bucks a month, in, there's nothing I can put that money into that's going to give the kind of reward that putting 30 minutes of my life each day into a relationship with the Lord, that investment is going to earn eternal rewards, right? If you live your whole life and one person gets saved because of something that you did, isn't that worth like more than anything else? I mean, one extra person in heaven, one person that gets to spend eternity in heaven because you were bold enough to tell them about Jesus because you were uh, faithful enough to pray for them because you invited them to church and I shared the gospel with them or Brenda shared the gospel with them or somebody else did or Brian did and they get saved, you get a reward for that. Like, There's eternal rewards for you, not to mention what that person gets. Right, That person gets to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus because you just were disciplined to do something. Okay? Huh? That's a victory royale. Uh, yes, you can read three verses. The last three verses of Second Corinthians four. It says, "For which cause we faint not." Which you have to read the rest of the chapter to see what that's talking about, and chapter three also. Um, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man will be day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not. For the things which are seen are temporal. So, huh? Second Corinthians three. Uh, 
So guys, basic, most everything that I've said tonight is not even in my notes. Okay, I, none of this is like meant to like frustrate you or I'm not trying to beat you down with you guys should be more faithful and you should be more di- disciplined. I mean, I do want that for you. That I hope that this doesn't come across like I'm telling you you guys are doing something that, you, that is so wrong. But, I mean, if we're going to be talking about discipline, we... I have to at least give you guys my heart on why it's so important. None of us wants to do all the things that I'm asking you guys. Like the the homework assignments that I give you guys, I realize like that's not what any of our idea of fun is. Let me just sit down and think about uh, how important God is in my life. Well, okay, that's probably not maybe the most fun thing that you could do with your time. Right. Yeah, there's, there's more fun things that you could do with your time, yeah, as far as your flesh is concerned. But... I mean, if if we can't if we can't take like 15 minutes over the course of a week and think about why having a relationship with God is even important, then like what else are we doing here? I mean, we should just stop and you know sit and read the Bible together and pray together. And I shouldn't even be teaching anything because uh, if if we if none of you guys if if none of us even know if we want to have a relationship with the Lord, then like, why are we doing any of this? You know, I mean, the, this idea of being disciplined, I know you guys didn't choose the topic, I chose the topic, but if we want to have discipline, we have to do things that we don't necessarily want to do. One of the things that I've been doing to try to lose weight is running. I haven't been doing it like the last month, but uh, when I first started this series, I had been running like every single day for like three months straight or three and a half months straight. I ran every single day. And I'm like, man, I, I need to, I need to run. I don't, I don't like to run. I hated it most of the nights. There was a couple nights that I actually liked it, but almost every night I hated it. I would have to like, the, I put the kids to bed, put Brenda to bed, eat some dinner, go for a run, or go for a run and eat some dinner usually. Uh, I had to make myself do it like most of those nights. I did not look forward to it. I knew that it was coming, but uh, most of the time it wasn't like, yes, get to run tonight. It was like, I have to go out and run tonight. I do not want to do this. Okay, but like I actually saw some results. I was tracking different things, my weight and some times and like how far I could run and some of those things. And like I saw some results. And so it made me keep wanting to go and keep doing better and keep pushing myself toward the goal. And uh, so any area of our life, if we want to have discipline, it, it requires that we do things that we don't necessarily want to do. And then we just trust that like that's going to give us a result that we want. And if it doesn't give us a result that we want, not like the next day, but like over the course of time. I mean, if if you, like I said, if you commit to praying 30 minutes a day and you do it for a month and God doesn't do anything, well then course correct, right? Make a change. Maybe you're not even saved. Maybe God's not answering your prayers because uh, you got to be saved in order for God to hear your prayers, right? I mean, maybe that's the problem. If, if, it go, if you go 30 days and you're praying faithfully and consistently, uh, to the Lord and he doesn't answer your prayers well something's going on okay so uh, try to develop some kind of discipline in your life uh, it can be like what Juju was talking about just she she implemented a change to get somebody who's going to help keep her accountable to text her to read her Bible and it's been working she's been reading her Bible okay she works for her to read at 9 o'clock at night maybe it works for you to read at 6 o'clock in the morning Maybe it works for you to read it 2 o'clock in the morning when you're done with schoolwork. I don't know. But 
find something that works um, in your life. And it doesn't have to be, I just want to read my Bible every single day. I mean, I think you should do that. But start somewhere, start with something else. I want to read this one book that's four chapters long. I want to read that those four chapters this week. Okay? Maybe it doesn't have to be like, maybe you're not a good reader. Maybe, uh, you know, there's some other reason you just can't. Well, you can read four chapters in a week, right? I mean, four chapters, even if you're a slow reader, you can probably get that done in like an hour, maybe 15 minutes, somewhere in that range, depending on how quick of a reader you are. But, I mean, we all have an hour this week that we could find to read a couple chapters of our Bible, right? Maybe it's praying. Maybe it's, maybe you're going to commit finally to like tell somebody about Jesus. Maybe you're going to like share that with them. I don't know what it is, but uh, I, I would challenge you guys. I'm not going to assign this as homework because obviously that's not working. But just the reason I wanted you guys to spend time thinking about faith and the and the correlation that it has with discipline, just try something different than what you've been doing and just see what God does. I mean, I could, re- I could read you hundreds of stories out of the Bible where somebody had some faith and God did something miraculous in their life. I mean, as badly as I want you guys to have a relationship with the Lord that's, like, serious, right? As badly as I want that for you, as badly as your parents want it for you, as badly as Pastor Brian wants it for you, as badly as whoever wants it for you, God wants it, like, so much more. I mean, there there is, like, a 0% chance that if you dedicate and you say, I'm going to spend 30 days of doing whatever, fill in the blank, that thing that you want to change in your relationship with the Lord, if you commit and I say, I'm gonna, no matter what, every day for 30 days, I'm going to do this. I'm going to read one verse every day for 30 days. I'm going to pray for one minute every day for 30 days. I don't care what it is. Start as tiny as you have to. But if you make a commitment to do that for 30 days, I I will promise you there is a 0% chance that God does nothing in your life. I mean, he's going to do something. He's going to show you something that you've never seen in that one verse that you read each day. Or he's going to answer the one prayer that you have uh, in that one-minute prayer every day. He's going to do something miraculous in your life. If you just, like, put your, I mean, put your faith in that. Put your faith in what I'm telling you, if nothing else. Just trust me that God wants a relationship with you more than, more than anybody else wants it. And if he wants it so bad and you finally commit to doing it, what are the chances that he's, like, totally doesn't pay attention and doesn't do anything? I mean, literally, the chances are basically zero that that's going to happen. Okay? And I have one thing next week that I'm gonna that hopefully will be a semi fun and helpful okay. way. Go. So, if you're reading your Bible, just pick something that you read and tell it to someone else. Whether it's a lost friend, your best friend, your mom, one of us, just like tell someone what you're reading or what it meant to you or whatever. And you'll be surprised with the connections that God makes through that. It's really cool. Um just send someone a verse. Could just be out of the blue. Just text a verse or something. You pick the verse. Could be one you just read. Could be one that makes you think of them. Uh, and then the third one is send somebody a link to a worship song. Maybe it's your favorite song you're doing with you right now, or that a person made you think of, or it makes you think of that person. Just send it to them. Let's see what happens. Those are, <coughs> excuse me. Those are three great examples, or not examples. Ideas, suggestions. All right, let's pray. Let's get out of here.
Dear Lord God, thank you for this evening. God, I thank you for your word and just, God, the the way that it doesn't return void. God, I just pray for these students. God, I pray for Brenda and myself as well. God, I pray that this week, um, God, not, not because I'm suggesting it or asking them to do it, God, not because Brenda uh, is suggesting it, God, but uh, God, we just we just want you to be glorified in our lives. Uh, God, I want these these students to catch hold of of who you are, God, and and to just um, just experience you in a different way than they already have in their lives, God. And so I just I pray that um, God that all of us can look for one small thing that we can do differently this week, and that we can actually implement that. And and God, that we can be disciplined to do it even when we don't want to or even when we're tired, or even when we don't feel like it. Um, God, because we can put our faith in what your word says, which is, uh, God, that, that you desire a relationship with us so much more than we desire it with you. And, God, that if we're faithful, that you will um, reveal yourself to us. And so, God, I just I pray that uh, for everyone who uh, makes a decision, God, to do something different in their life, I just pray, God, that you would uh, just in a miraculous way, God, reveal yourself to them. Um, just speak to them, God, and, and uh, God, just that that would be an encouragement to them to continue, God, that they could continue to put their faith in you, that the uh, that the discipline that they're having to implement now, God, is going to have a, a reward that is much bigger later on. So, God, I just ask your blessing on the rest of this week for that. God, I just pray that uh, we would just be looking for opportunities to make changes in our life that uh, ultimately grow us closer to you. And I just ask your blessing on that in Jesus' name. Amen.